Welcome to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast, a peek into the minds and strategies of the world's greatest copywriters, marketers, and persuasion experts. And now, here's your host, Brian Cassangina. Hey everyone, welcome to back to the Geniuses of Copywriting podcast. I've got a, a real treat for you today. I've got a guy by the name of Jake Hofberg. Um, thanks for coming on the call. Uh, Jake, you have come from the you, you have come from the Agora world, um, uh, and uh, you're one of the uh, uh, people that I know of. Um, if I uh, was to think of a financial copywriter, um, I'm in your Facebook group as well, which is on that subject. We will come back to you later, but. Uh, but uh, this is what we were just discussing off air, you know, about the financial copywriting and the, uh, the opportunities uh, that uh, exist, which uh, a lot of copywriters, when they're um, uh, looking for niches to branch into, you know, they know it's there, but you know, it's a bit harder to, to make the connection of actually going and, and doing some work there. So I appreciate you coming on to share, share what you know. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so um, how did you get your start in financial copy? I wanted to be rich. I discovered copywriting and within, I want to say a couple months of me hearing that just making money as a copywriter versus copywriting for my own guru business that I can get paid really well. Um, My first client ever as a copywriter was uh, remote as a freelancer for an Agora division. Oh, cool. So, so that was apparently impossible according to lots of people. Uh, but like that, that was how I got into it is I, is, uh, I wanted to make money online and I wanted to, to make a lot of it. And I heard that that's where people did it was in financial. And so I just kind of did that. It was really, hmm. really that simple. <laughs> and did it live up to the billing about making heaps of money? It certainly did. Um, I, I think, I think with any sort of, uh, you know, consulting oriented business, right. There's always that, uh, that 1% out where you, you can do extraordinary well in any niche, um, yeah. financial or not, if you if you really understand how to generate revenue and negotiate deals the right way. But um, it's hard to ignore the uh, you know the, the 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 easy promises and you know aggressive promises you can make in financial offers that you just can't make anywhere else. Mm. Uh, can you give us an example of that kind of thing? Sure. So so let's 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 take its cousin BizOp, right? Yeah. Um, ver- versus health copy versus dating and relationships versus uh, expensive hobbies, right? Which are probably the, you know, the top niches there are when writing copy because of the infinite demand. So when, when you have the, the magic solution, right? The, the getting the, you know, the John Carlton getting as close to magic as possible, there really isn't any other thing that's as believable as put your money into a stock have it explode, you know, a hundred or a thousand or a million percent and for you to have actually made money while doing nothing, right? Like true speculation. Yeah. And there's no other place where uh, what is essentially gambling, like options trading can look so legitimate, <laughs> right? And like, you just can't have those kinds of aggressive claims um, in, even in BizOp, which is, I guess, the closest thing to passive push button, easy money, because usually there's still some version of a startup or there's work, whereas, you know, uh, with financial, it's, it's literally just 
you have money and enter this ticker symbol into your brokerage and, and get money back, right? There's no, I don't have to set up a store. I don't have to arbitrage anything, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. it's so much easier sounding and, and it's more believable that it could be that easy. Um, versus again, like health, where the idea that, you know, you're going to get instant pain relief from a chronic issue overnight, um, really hard to make that promise, right? So like the gains are, are usually smaller in every other niche, whereas in financial, you really have this opportunity, a believable opportunity to show people how they could get incredible results with little to no risk, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah, and like, like you say, um, it's John Carlton, it's a magic pill, you close that you can get to that, uh, that with that promise, you know, with the, uh, amazing results with little to no risk, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the closer it is to a no-brainer offer, that's why um, it's uh, such an appealing offer. And, and uh, I never thought about it from the point of view, like, uh, <clears throat> like it's so... Um, it, it's, it's so believable that you could invest in a stock and it goes up. Whereas, you know, if you're uh, looking at a, a course, someone telling you you can make a million dollars with Facebook ads. There really, uh, there really isn't another way to have such incredible transformational claims that there is in a financial offer. Um, it's very, very difficult to get it in other places. So that, that's what makes it so uh, honestly fun when you're writing and <laughs> in, uh, in the unregulated side. Um, is you can make crazy <laughs> stuff and have exciting ideas and tell cool stories. Yeah. Um, but it's also why people are the most skeptical and the most jaded, even more so than internet marketing, right? Because mm. it's, mm. it's, it's so easy. Uh, it's, it's also dramatically easier to lose money in those offers too because, right, it's, uh, you have to put money at risk into an investment. Mm. Whereas if you have a biz op offer, you could get started with little to no money. Uh, and start generating income. Um, whereas, you know, for trading options uh, or selling put options or, you know, whatever, right? There, yeah. There's always that possible yeah, yeah. where you, you just do it yourself. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you're sell selling a biz op for, um, uh, for five grand, and uh, it's going to be a lot harder to sell that cold to a new customer um, than it is to sell the, the idea of, of investing five grand in, in, in options or the stock market. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and uh, uh, I know that, uh, that you're uh, uh, yourself a, a, an honest and legitimate copywriter and you don't do anything shady or anything, but where, where do you draw, draw the line? Where is Zagora's position where, and where is your own personal position when it comes to that line between uh, uh, promising, uh, making a really appealing uh, promise and, you know, um, where do you think you've gone... Uh, a, a person could go too far. If you've been in health, if you've been in biz op, internet marketing, financial, like if you've been behind the scenes where the sausage gets made, um, it you can be jaded in anything because um, any place where there's that much money to be made, there's always going to be people who are willing to, uh, we'll just throw that out there as a general blanket statement, right? That not all people in this industry are uh, have integrity or, uh, or care about their customers. But yeah, so aside from that, every industry has that. Um, I think, I think part of where, where the line comes in is, is the story that you tell yourself about what it is you're doing. And one of the equally most challenging things about giving investment advice is, um, all of us have to grapple with the reality that we can't predict the future. And when you're, 
when you're selling a financial product, you're selling an opportunity, right? You're selling a version of the future that could be true, but it isn't like a widget where here's the thing, here's what it does. And if it doesn't do that thing, I'll give you your money back. If you want to be a mainstream media publication and talk about, well, you can go to the Wall Street Journal and get all the best news in the world. So like, why, why would you pay thousands of times more to buy a, a product about stocks from you know, a different company when, you, when it's, it's free everywhere? So on one side, you're always subject to the, the whims of the market in terms of um, a lot of times that the actual best investment opportunities are not the things that are hot. They're not the things that are interesting to the reader. And so, um, cause like usually the best times to buy are, is before, before everybody hot, knows about right? it. Yeah. Right. So, so for example, right, like Bitcoin, right. Everyone saw in 2017, that thing went nuclear. Well, at Agora, um, people have been talking about Bitcoin since 2014 been the best time to invest but no one really cared because it was yeah. this weird friend idea but yeah. it wasn't until it had this big push where people started being like super excited and those offers sold like crack um, yeah yeah i wish and, i had listened uh, to agora back then well what, right but like that's it's selective bias right because there's a lot of predictions that that people like agora have been wildly wrong about right true and so so like to, to, to come back around, right, the, the best that we can do from a copywriting perspective is to go out with ideas that we have high convictions in or that the guru we're writing has high convictions in and is willing to put their name on. And uh, I think this is a, a Bill Bonnerism, right, is, is our readers will forgive us for being wrong, but they'll never forgive us for being lazy. Yeah. So. That's kind of where, where you got to go. So, you know, if you're going to be a sloppy, lazy copywriter and not really investigate the idea and build the case and really create a high conviction idea, well, then um, you, you got to deal with that, with the consequences of that on your own. But um, so if, if you know you're selling shit and you know you're selling garbage and you don't believe in this thing and you're just doing it for the money, right? That's, I think, where the ethical line gets crossed. But if you really believe that this is uh, whether the stock story you're promoting it's the options trading strategy that's doing that you know, you've got a really exciting opportunity that these readers can take advantage of and you can't control the outcome of what happens after that and that's really the best that you can do so so i think that's really like the ethical line for all marketers everywhere is is if you believe in what you're selling and have conviction in what you're doing then you know use any means necessary but if you know that what you're selling is shit and it's a scam <laughs> well then you know, yeah. 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 So, um, uh, you know, I sort of asked that question for, uh, out of personal interest of, um, you know, just trying to find out what, uh, uh what your point of view on it was. So I've heard a lot of gurus talk about, uh, you know, about pushing that line, pushing the envelope and, and, uh, uh you know, <clears throat> skating that line, that thin line between, uh, between what's real and what's not. But, uh, um, but I think you, you offered some really solid advice there. Um, now, what about the uh, opportunity in financial copywriting that you mentioned? I mean, how much of an opportunity uh, is there in this niche and, and how, do we, how do we get into it? Like, what is financial, right? Because yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's such a gigantic, it's, it's like saying, what is health? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, now, now for in the copywriting space, we kind of reduced those things to products that are you know, convenient to sell 
right? So in health, you know, if we're doing health copywriting, we might default to meaning, you know, we're selling supplements, you know, courses, and uh, I don't know, gym equipment, right? But like the health niche is dramatically larger than that. Same thing with financial. So financial, I think if you look at financial services accounts for like a third of the world GDP or some stupid number like that, and, you know, we're talking, you have the very, very regulated side of the financial services industry. So this is banks, hedge funds, brokerages, insurance companies, right? And that could be, you know, life insurance, auto insurance, health insurance, um, mutual, like all, all pension funds, like all these big, gigantic, you know, corporations that are selling a financial product, right? Yeah. Which is some you know it's 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 air right there's nothing there it's it's paperwork and then money moves from one column to another and then you know fees get skimmed through the middle yeah they sure do so, <laughs> they sure do right you know you you have things like um you know uh merchant processing accounts so that could be stripe right and so that that's a financial service right there right they're providing financial service to to a business which is processing uh transactions um you know you could be uh, talking about uh, advisory services, right? So someone uh, advising uh, an individual or a business on what to do with taxes or accounting or cash flow management. So like an accountant, right? Or a CPA or financial advisor or, or wealth manager. These people have offer in the sense of, of, of the niche, financial advice or financial services. Um, and then, you know, you've got FinTech, right? You have platforms, that's basically software, SaaS products combined with financial uses, um, like Agora, who publish uh, information about how to make money with stocks or options. You have the gigantic industry of real estate investment seminars, which has been going on forever, right? And you know these people sell expensive courses that are you know multiple tens of thousands of dollars to teach you how to get rich, you know, flipping homes or investing in real estate, doing these you know, high leverage deals kind of thing. It's bank lending, it's, you know, other creative financing strategies. Um, you know, so, so you, you've got this, this very, very large universe of companies that are trying to uh, sell financial solutions or financial advice to someone else. And uh, that's not ever going away. And I think that's what, what makes this such a phenomenal opportunity is that uh, you know, people always need advice about their money. People always need someone to tell them what to do to invest it. People always need help solving their money problems. They either you know, need more of it, they need to fix their debt issues, they need to improve their credit score, they need to uh, uh, turn, they need to save for their kids' college education, they need to plan for uh, you know, disasters. They, like, they, they, they have constant issues that eventually come back to financial uh, products or services. So that's like the big macro thing, right? And it's like super high profit margins because there's nothing really getting sold. It's kind of like the ultimate information product, right? It's, it's currency, it's money, just floats around. Um, so, and this is in a lot of ways what creates the, the, the challenge for most people trying to come into the opportunity is that, um, I mean, I can't tell you how many copywriters have tried to tell me that they can write for any niche and they're like, yeah, I can write for anything. And it's like, no, you fucking can't. Uh, because <laughs> n n no one who's good at anything would, would ever suggest that like, you know, 
I can, I can write health copy, SaaS products, B2B, like no one would ever say that if they were serious about writing copy. Mm. And like the, the big challenge, right, is when people, they take a copywriting course and they hear about features and benefits and, you know, they're trying to, you know, get in the avatar's mind and be like, do you struggle? Do you sleep? Do, do, do you lay awake, right, worried about your retirement savings? Well, here's a solution. It's this newsletter, right? It's like, it's not clean problem solution things. These are exciting ideas, exciting stories, super skeptical people. Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, a knowledge that you need of how does finances work? What do people believe about finance? Um, because marketing to, you know, uh, uh, someone who's like an Austrian school of economics person has a pretty clean set of beliefs versus a Keynesian. And, you know, if, like, if you don't know what that means, right, it's like, how, how are you ever going to yeah. have a conversation with your, with your audience that's meaningful and win their trust versus someone who's used to, you know, the, the very banal internet marketing style yeah. or of, of copywriting. So there's this huge opportunity, but there's also this barrier entry that most people are not willing to work through and they mm. get frustrated and give up too early and they go, I don't know, they, they go do something else. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so but the, like the opportunity yeah. is massive. Um, yeah. I keep cutting you off. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I think I've got a bit of delay here uh, on my end, but uh, it's like, how does a person like, and, and we don't, we don't, we're not going into the uh, nuts and bolts of financial copywriting on this call, but how, how does someone, uh, uh, get their start on on that journey because there's a lot of stuff to learn. Um, how how does uh, that actually work? Yeah. So so this is this is a uh, so when I started, I at least had a background in sales. You know, I didn't know anything about finance or investing um, outside of managing my own personal money in the sense of like here's how much money I spend every month, right? Like personal finance stuff. So. I think one of the challenging parts is, is if you're new to marketing and sales and copywriting and you're new to financial at the same time, right? There's a lot that you have to learn all at the same time, right? You need to learn. Um, and also it's like probably the, it's really the hardest thing to do because you're competing against the, the like the world's best copywriters. But I mean, there, there really is no substitute for, you know, on a daily basis studying, you know, promotions that are running right now so that you get a feel for what good copy looks like what what sales yeah. processes look like like how how are these products being sold like you have to know what that is be aware of what's happening right now in the financial markets because um one of the, the one of the most challenging things about financial but also the coolest thing is that it, it changes all the time and unlike in health where like you know the same seven things that are that have been the top seven killers of people and that means there's new opportunities that get created um the mood of the market changes and so um yes do, do you want to know have some have some fundamentals and foundation we know like how does finance work and all those other things but like more importantly as a marketer it's getting really really in tune with the the mood of the audience right now so that you can connect to them where they are and um, and lead them to a solution versus defaulting into very hypey aggressive greed oriented copy or hyper scary doom and gloom copy which um 
you know, um, and like those are things that, you know, copywriting formulas and templates don't show you. And that can be said about anything, right? But like people are most hesitant. They hear about the, you know, the, the big money that can get me in financial, but they also don't like to hear that, oh, by the way, this is going to require effort <laughs> for yeah. a while. Um, so yeah, so it's like, you know, so what do I do every day? Um, you know, I, I, I'm reading promotions. I'm studying the marketing that's going on. Um, I use, I use BuzzSumo a lot, um, which is basically tracking what stories are people talking about. So I'm looking for, uh, what are, like, what are people talking about? Right. What are people sharing? Like what's the mainstream media talking about? And, um, there really isn't uh and really like if you're reading Agora at a top financial gurus right now, who, who, whose job is to write editorial content for our market, what is the Agora market? So, um, there really is no substitute for just spending time actually reading and learning and having a genuine interest in what is is interesting to the audience and, and being interested in helping these people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I've read my uh, fair share of Agora promos that I've come across um, over the years, but uh, I've never really gone in, in deep and uh, and the way you, you explained it sort of uh, um, shows the reason why. Uh, not being a financial copywriter, I don't have that in-depth uh, knowledge of the niche um, that you do and other financial copywriters do to really uh, understand it on a deeper level. So that's, that, that really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and, and you know, again, there's like, I think this is like the, uh, the part art, part science, where is there formulaic components to structuring marketing efforts? There sure is. And there's ways to structure sales letters. We, you know, we know we need to answer objections, but um, you know, when you're researching a financial opportunity, right? Like you really have to, like you have to do some research, right? If you're going to do a stock story, um, you, you, you better know a lot about that stock. Yeah, yeah. And right, if you've got a systems promo, you know, you, you better really understand that unique mechanism and explaining how simple and easy it is to make money. And, uh, and you, know, you better have proof or some kind of track record that you can use to back up your claims. So, yeah. And, uh, Which are things so. that uh, people talk about with uh, other niches as well, but they're even more important uh, in, in the financial uh, niche, I think. It's even more important to get that right. Yes, yes. So, and also just there's like such a huge volume of things coming out where, um, and things can change so fast. So, so again, right? Like, how do you break into financial copy? Start reading a lot. Read a lot of copy, write stuff, and you know, there's no substitute for moving quickly and getting stuff into the market and seeing what people respond to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's um, that's the first step. And I think um, uh, uh, a lot of people listening to this this show are really interested in in that uh, uh, that. That, that financial copywriting presents at the moment. Now, you, you were saying to me um, uh, off the air that, that, that this, there's the, uh, the biggest, uh, uh, one of the biggest opportunities right now uh, is in this area of financial copywriting. Yeah, so again, th this is, uh, I, I, I've had to temper my, my excitement and enthusiasm as I've, I've, sold, I've sold plenty of, of courses and information products on you know, how to write financial copy, and um, I've tried to redo a lot of my, uh, how do I say this? I have gone away from the, the typical urge of the way people sell copywriting 
opportunities as this easy push button side hustle where you can just make six figures from the laptop lifestyle and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And um, if you want to do that, there's a lot of other easier opportunities to, you know, make like five figures a month or, you know, make six figures, not really working hard. Um, but for, for me, it's like, if you aren't seriously trying to make seven figures a year or like high six figures, um, like it seems like there's just other stuff you should just go do because if you're not, um, it's going to be really hard to motivate yourself to stay competitive in, uh, in this niche. Um, it's also going to be hard for you to uh, delay gratification long enough for you to get the rewards that it usually takes. But the opportunity is real for a lot of reasons. And the first being, um, you, know, you get a you get a first grade education on uh, on investing in finance and you know what's going on, and you get to be exposed to lots of really cool stuff, and you get to be connected to the to the to the world and the politics and new technologies and new new exciting companies and and uh, you know that's like a that's like a like a little club that I think is fun to belong to is is being able to talk to other people about investing in the stock market and what's going on. And, and that's like a, that's part of the identity that uh, our market has. And, you know, you get to be part of that. I think that's, that's like why people like the financial media, right? It's, it allows them to feel connected to, to the bigger world and to feel smart and yeah. feel like that, you know, they're going to be able to protect their families. So, you know, that in general, from like a, from that perspective is cool. You get to, you get to learn. Now, on the flip side, you also get exposed to lots of things you shouldn't be putting your money into. <laughs> you might sell yourself. But, you know, if, if you have a sincere, right, if you're, if you're long on the opportunity of financial copy or, or financial advice or whatever, you know, there is, we have this thing called the coronavirus. And depending hmm. on when people are listening to this. And so that means, um, you know, financial services has been like that last industry that has resisted modernization for like the past 10 years, right? Yeah. And people have been saying, you know, financial services are right for disruption, blah, 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 blah. But, um, you know, like the powers that be, the status quo is not motivated to disrupt themselves. And they have enough juice to shut down pretty much all of it because they, like, they, well, we, we won't get into the conspiracy theory side of Wall Street and the government, but we all know yeah. it's there. Yeah. So when you look at, you know, right now, um, when, when do people make changes to their financial portfolio, right? Like why are people motivated all of a sudden to care about investing and their money? Well, it usually happens because something external has happened in their life, right? So we call these, um, like in the financial advisory world, this is money in motion. This is, uh, I call them buying windows. So, Usually people are not thinking about their professional traders. They're usually doing other stuff. And so they're, they're not thinking about getting life insurance. They're not thinking about estate planning. They're not thinking about all, like they're just not, right? But, yeah. but, but then they are, right? And usually for most people in a normal circumstance, it's, they, um, it's after their last kids, they've gone to college and now they're maybe 10 years, or five years away from retirement. And they kind of think, holy shit, I don't have enough money saved. And if I don't do, if I don't figure something out, I'm never going to have enough saved to retire. Yeah. Um, but you also have things like they get fired and they lose a bunch of money or a global pandemic shuts down the global economy. And all of a sudden no one has any cash. 
Yeah. And and now all of a sudden people were like, man, do I have the right insurance? Or like, do I have, uh, you know, what's, what do I do about my job? And like people now are very motivated to look at their finances and be like, I need to do something about this. So, um, and whether that's, it's, you know, credit, it's debt consolidation, it's side hustle, it's learning how to trade, it's, it's deciding that they're going to take this seriously now. But people are only motivated to change when stuff happens on the outside because mm. uh, otherwise why would they put in the effort? And so, um, and I really, you know, I really think in the future that the way things are going, right. If, if you can't manage money, sell, lead, you know, lead, manage other people or code, like, man, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do for work? And so, you know, financial services and understanding how to sell financial services I think is like such a gigantic skill because really what you're learning how to do is how to sell an idea and how to sell a, a vision of the future. And that skill is the ultimate skill, right? That is, that is what politics is made up of. That's what leadership is made up of. It's, it's creating a compelling vision of the future that people want to believe in and follow and go towards and trust that it can be real if, if, uh, you know, you do this one simple thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, um, so like from the macro conceptual, you know, I think that if you're really thinking long-term about what the skill really is, right. It's, it's understanding how to sell people on a future opportunity. Well, that thing is a very transportable skill, a very portable skill rather into anything that you do. There's this big thing shift and trend in, in people's attitudes going to be part of that process They're looking for information or looking for really very understand you know ideas and you can make those simple and easy for people to do well you know it there there really is no limit to the amount of money that you can be, that you can make because financial products have the, the benefit of having high scale because all you're doing is just moving money in from one place into the next like like no product has to get made yeah yeah um so uh, uh, what is the next step for somebody who wants to, who does all that, they, they want to uh, uh, join the, the world of financial copywriting, um, they know the opportunities there, they know, how, they know they're really serious about to learning how to sell it. Um, uh, what are some steps they can take? Should they uh, um, work for a company like Agora or should they uh, look for other companies or should they uh, create an offer of, of their own of some kind? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think the, like how they get started very much is the, the chicken and the egg problem, which is, uh, you know, people, people need experience to get started, but they, uh, they need to get yeah, started true. to get experience. <laughs> yeah. And, and to some degree, this also comes down to well, like, what are you willing to sacrifice to get everything that you want mm. in life? Right. So most people, when they hear about how much money that can get made, they, they want to have their cake and eat it too. Is they um, the, the the laptop lifestyle not work very hard, um, and then you know work remote and do all this thing, but they don't have any skill and they don't want to and like they think that somehow it's a good opportunity for me to invest into training those people who aren't very committed. And so, versus where there's there's always an opportunity to go work in-house at a company like Agora and have, uh, you know, get paid to learn, get real mentorship, 
um, have a company that's going to throw a lot of traffic money at your promotions, but the sacrifices is like, you might have to move to Baltimore or, you know, you might need to move <laughs> to South Florida or somewhere to take advantage of the opportunity. And most people, um, have convenient excuses as to why they can't do that, which are not real. They're just excuses. Mm. And even though people think like, Oh, well I can't move because you know, my kids or my wife and like, um, I don't, I don't, who cares if yeah, if you really believed in yourself and the opportunity, you would move your family Yeah, yeah. because people do it all the time. Right? Like, Oh, I can't do that. Well, I don't really want to do that. Cause like, I don't want to live in Baltimore. Well, guess what? No one wants to live in fucking Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, it's the same thing of if, if Warren Buffett said, hey, why don't you come work at Berkshire Hathaway, but you have to move to Omaha. But you know what, Warren, I you had me yet. Well, I had to move to Omaha. I don't know. Like, I really want to be free and <laughs> do it. And so, you know, part of this is, you know, you really got to decide, is this what you want? Hmm. And if you're committed, um, you'll figure it out how to find mentors, how to get the skill, and you, you'll be willing to play the long game and understand that you're not going to get rich overnight, that it is a process and it's going to require work. And so if you're not willing to do that, then I would recommend that you don't even bother getting started in financial. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, there's lots of great ways to get mentorship, right? You go work for a company, you, uh, you know, you work for an agency, you hire a mentor and it costs that kind of money. Um, this would normally I would say, right, like go sell your own products and do that if you've never copywritten, but it's really hard to sell financial products. So I, I wouldn't mm. recommend that. Um, but again, like there, there, there just is no substitute for doing the actual fundamental foundational work, which is reading a promo every day, um, you know, reading the news and coming up with new ideas every single day and actually just writing, like writing copy and figuring out a way to get your copy tested. And, um, and I think I, I basically worked for free for my first three months and I just wrote a shit ton of really, really bad copy. And, uh, you know, I just did, I just did that. And then eventually it's really like this place is a, this is a small business, uh, at the end of the day, like everyone knows each other. It's a small world. Same thing with all the other niches. Like really like once you get to the top or the main, the main opportunities are, it's really, it's a small world. And, um, Everyone on our side, everyone on the side of the coin is hiring. Like we know this, right? We, 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 we know all the other people who own these businesses. We know a bunch of the top copywriters and we, we are constantly bombarded by opportunity seekers who have no skill and no work ethic. And they don't really have any care to do it. Um, but you know, you serious and you can demonstrate that you're serious and you can demonstrate that you really want this and to do it over the that, that I'd say would be like the first kind of level of like, what should you do? You really got to make that decision that this is what you want to do. And that was actually the reason why I created my group, the Financial Copywriting Academy yeah, um, yeah. a couple of years ago is, is there really wasn't a place for people who are looking to get started. Um, you know, there's a couple courses that you could buy. Um, and people kind of, you know, whisper, it was like whispers, you know, behind the scenes of financial and all this money and et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> and so the whole, so the whole reason I, I made that group was really as a way just to, just to talk about ideas and what was going on and to create that, like that, uh, that, that almost like, uh, what is it? The, the salon, right. Where yeah. intellectuals can get together and talk about ideas or, you know, uh, doing that, uh, talking about copy, that uh that's all free right you, you don't you don't need to pay anyone 
necessarily to do that stuff. Um, and that was how I built a ton of my relationships was, was by that. And, and that was, that was in a lot of ways, how I started to get a lot better was I just, I just put myself in a position where I could talk to people and uh, develop ideas and study things and, you know, shit talk people a little bit too. But, uh, you know, it was those arguments, it was, it was like developing that critical thinking skill um, that's so important and it's so hard to teach and it's so hard to, it's like selling people on mindset, right? Yeah, hard, yeah. hard thing to sell, but very important. Yeah. Usually the thing that makes the difference and selling people on uh, critical thinking and you need to develop that skill and you need to learn how to do research and how to think for yourself and to, you know, make connections. It's like, that's a hard skill. Right. That takes effort. Mm. And uh, mm. I can't teach you that in a training course. <laughs> true. True. Wow. Yeah. That's why I was uh, um, keen to explore the group. Um, uh, at the end of its course. So what, what is the, uh, what is the name of the group? Called the financial copywriting Academy. You can find it on Facebook. And, um, a, a lot of what I do in that group and you know, it's a free group. So I, 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 I manage it to the best of my ability, but like a lot of what I'm doing is, um, you know, I'm, I'm usually like the main reason I use Facebook right now is, uh, is I'm, I look for ads. Yeah. I'm looking for what people are running. I'm, I'm studying like what's going yeah. on compliance wise. And so, you know, I try and, I try and share the things that I find. I, uh, I share ads that are showing up in my feed. Um, you know, I, I share news stories and trends that I'm tracking and kind of what I think is going on. Um, I used to talk a lot more about propaganda and, and media narratives and, uh, Tucker Carlson is probably my, like my favorite anchor. I think the, whoever yep. does his writing is just spot on. And, and, uh, a, a lot of the reasons why I did this was it was like a, it's actually a really good bellwether I found was, um, I would try and just like test topics and see like, what did people respond to? And it was constantly a gut check. Like no, no one cared about subprime credit cards you know, or subprime auto loans, even though it's like, I see like this big thing. It's like, all right, no one cares about that. But I remember in 2017, I would talk about cryptocurrencies and like, it would explode. I was like, all right, yeah. cool. People are very passionate about this and they care. Um, or like, uh, you know, I talked about civil liberties and, you know, big data and anti-tech stuff. And there's like another one where it's like, all right, man, people are, people are talking about this. They're excited. And so, you know, I've really, really used that group as a way to um, help people get into the mix and see what's going on and, you know, get, get some, some version of a look as to, you know, like, what do I do on a regular basis? Um, and then of course, for, for people who want to work with me, they want to uh, learn the actual foundational, like how to write financial copy. I've, I've got programs and, and mentorship course, or courses and mentorship programs on top of that. But, um, you know, really that thing was designed to be a resource of getting people past the, the newbie stage since um, I don't really like to work with newbies. Yeah. I find it uh, a lot of effort to uh, do that. And so I found it's, it's, uh, it's much more beneficial just to give away a lot of that stuff for free and yeah. uh, let the newbies figure that shit out on their own than for me to be responsible for, for, for them and having to like do way too much handholding and coaching. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'd rather just have people who are who've already decided or, or who are real copywriters already um, sign up for paid programs. Because uh, again, I, I found it's, it's a losing game for me when people are no experience, no skill, 
have, have never made a dollar in copywriting for them to buy one of my programs and for me to with a straight face be like you'll be making six figures next yeah, yeah. <laughs> next year doing this yeah uh, and the group so, does a great job of, so, uh, of uh, giving away that either yeah and, and like i I've, i'm a big believer that um like look i i can give away literally a hundred percent of my information products and um you know 95 percent of people still wouldn't know what to do with it i don't have any issue with with telling people what to do or how to do it or even you know uh, basic copywriting stuff but the way that i do business is um i've really shifted everything to not giving people lots of information and stuff and done for you things, but actually designing programs that uh, they're very simple, but literally what people pay me now to do is to come into a program and then they do the work. And so yeah. I'm actually running a program right now in short form copy and it's probably the most scaled down I've ever done it. Usually I throw in lots of training and there's all this coaching and weekly copy calls and all this other thing. And I found that that was wildly counterproductive. The more I help people, the more helpless they became. Um, I've, I've put in a lot of, of time and attention to building the group, to providing lots of free resources, to helping people get started. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So if, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, I'll check the uh, link on, on this page at geniusesofcopywriting.com on uh, Jake's page on the site. Um, or you can search Facebook for the Financial Copywriting Agency, at Financial Copywriting Academy, sorry. And uh, yeah, it's one of the yep. uh, um, one of the few groups that, uh, that I'm following and have, seems to have some really good information. I saw you posting in there uh, recently. So uh, yeah, it's it's a really valuable resource for that. And uh, also, you'll you'll uh, if you, if you like some some good copywriting shit talkers in there too. You, I, I I like to I like to stir things up a little bit yeah. and get people arguing. <laughs> and so there's. Uh, there, there's some people that you might see that you know of that are, that are real working copywriters and, and sometimes we get into it and it's fun. So. Yeah, it's always good fun to watch. Yeah. All right. Um, I appreciate you sharing with that with us. That's Jake. It's a massive opportunity and, uh, um, very lucrative. So, um, I, uh, thank you for coming on the call. Um, I, I strongly recommend that everyone go and join the financial copywriting Academy group on Facebook. Um, again, if I'll chuck the link on the geniusofcopywriting.com website as well. Um, so yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing all that with us. Uh, and we'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Not a problem. I'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Geniuses of Copywriting with Brian Casagina. To get the full transcript and all the resources mentioned on today's show, go to www.geniusesofcopywriting.com now.